Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today we've got a great revenge story against somebody that followed someone's wife home. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, rude buyer threatens me with a chargeback, then loses both the item and her payment. A woman bought a designer handbag from me online, then about a week later sends an extremely rude message claiming it has damages and smelled funny. She wanted her money back immediately and demanded I send it to her on Venmo. Against policy and massive red flag for fraud, or else she would file a chargeback. Threatening sellers with chargebacks is also against policy. Being as it was the weekend and her language was really abusive and gross, I decided not to interrupt my weekend and waited till Monday morning to respond, which is within the TOS. She was really aggressive and sent me more rude messages demanding I relent and pay her off site or else. I checked her feedback and at least one other seller reported that she also tried to coerce them into an off-site refund with a chargeback. Buyers have enormous latitude in online sales. And to be honest, I just didn't want to deal with her anymore. So on Monday, I responded offering her a full refund in exchange for a free return. And though I didn't believe she was being honest, I gave her the benefit of the doubt and said maybe it was damaged in transit. I fully expected her to return the wrong item, but after I gave her a free return and refund option, she filed then a chargeback anyways, claiming the item is not as described, then left very negative feedback. Both the feedback and existence of a chargeback claim harms my presence on the site and hits me with fees and an automatic refund for her, taking money out of my account automatically and messing with my budget. There's a reason why most sellers will do most anything to avoid chargebacks. It really is inconvenient and damaging for us. Now, being as this used to be my profession, I know that it's considered fraudulent to file a chargeback when the retailer is offered a full refund. So naturally I appealed the case and it was decided in my favor and her refund was reversed. I blocked her and moved along. Fast forward about two weeks and the original item shows up on my doorstep, returned, and without any of the damages that she complained about. Now, I realized in the situation, I have no legal obligation to refund her at all, but better still is that when I went to the seller dashboard to try, I don't even have the option to refund her because the case she opened was closed and decided in my favor. I still felt a little funny about relisting, so I emailed the site for more direction. Apparently, when you file a chargeback, you're forfeiting your right to seek a refund directly from the retailer in favor of seeking a refund from your financial institution. She had apparently messaged the site and modified my feedback to demand a refund after the chargeback failed and sent them the tracking number of the item she ultimately returned, saying that since she had a tracking number, they had to refund her. But a failed chargeback is final in this case, and because her behavior was deemed fraudulent, the website itself is not able slash willing to refund her anymore either. The only way I could give her her money back was if I unblocked her, exchanged info, and sent the refund on Venmo or PayPal, which are linked to my personal email and phone number. 
Given how rude she had been, I have no interest in opening up any unmediated communication, and I'm certainly not going to give her my personal contacts of any kind. So by following through on her coercive threat to file a charge back against me, she managed to lose both the item and her money. A chargeback is not the silver bullet people often think it is. If she'd been even reasonably polite, I'd have had no issue communicating with her directly to give her money back, even if she had filed the chargeback. Now, I'm not going to lie, in situations where I've bought something off of, let's say, eBay in a situation like this, and the item got to me, like, ruined or not working as described, I tend to just jump straight to opening a case. Although they definitely encourage trying to work it out with the seller beforehand. I could understand being guarded and trying to watch out for yourself, but she just went to the next level and tried to charge back, which is a terrible idea. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy these awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is a lovely gift for the guy hitting on my partner. So, me and my girlfriend are living above a car repair shop. My girlfriend for a while used to take her car there. I always greet the guy wholeheartedly when I see him, as I do with all my neighbors. We even bought him a plant to thank him for receiving our packages a couple of times. This guy has been making some questionable remarks about my girlfriend, which she's ignored, but today he actually sent her a flirty text, which is really upsetting considering he has her number for business reasons. We're really independent in our relationship, but both me and my girlfriend agreed that the saddest thing is how nice I've been to him. I asked her if she was okay with me handling it, and she said yes, knowing full well I'm a nice guy that would never do anything to harm a person that should have known better but is just another average Joe. So I went to our fridge, I got a nice apple, I cleaned it just as well as I would have if it was me eating it, I put it in a Ziploc bag, sealed it tightly, went downstairs and barged into his shop. I told him that I feel bad for never getting him anything for being such a nice neighbor. So when I received this great batch of apples, I figured I should get him one. I assured him repeatedly that the apple was clean and ready to eat, and I urged him to eat it as soon as possible, not to waste the beautiful vitamins. His eyes went wide, and he took the bag reluctantly. I bid my farewells to him as warmly as I always do, with an extra touch of psychopath, and I left his store. I love the idea of this, there's no actual revenge necessarily, it's just putting it in their minds that there's some revenge being had. Like being so transparent about it while not actually doing anything. Our next story is, my boyfriend's neighbor was a jerk, so I screwed with him as much as possible using only his address. Backstory, my boyfriend, 30s year old male, has interacted with his neighbor, 30s year old male, exactly once in 3 years that he's lived in his apartment complex. For some godforsaken reason, literally on the night I was helping him pack up to move the next morning, this neighbor knocks on the door and asks why we always slam the door. To preface, I actually totally sympathize. If you let this door close by just letting go of the handle without pushing it at all, the door does shut pretty heavily. So I can see how that would be irritating if the door isn't carefully closed every time, even though nobody is slamming it. My boyfriend said sorry, it just shuts like that, we're packing and didn't have a hand to close it, but I'm moving out in the morning so you won't have to worry about it anymore, unless you want to take it up with the complex management to see if they can change how it closes. This was not a sufficient answer for the jerk neighbor. 
We're still not sure what his deal was. We think he was drunk, but he kept demanding an answer even after we reiterated that it was an accident and that we were leaving in the morning for forever so there wasn't anything else we could do at that point. Eventually, we had to just shut the door on him as he escalated to screaming insults at us, calling my boyfriend a cat for not wanting to fight him. He proceeded to try and beat down the door. Not an exaggeration. He was hitting it and kicking it so hard I thought he would succeed, occasionally going inside his apartment to bang and kick on the walls there too. He also tried to knock on the door and cover the peephole to trick us into opening the door. I was honestly scared to leave at that point. After over an hour of this, we called building security. It's a huge complex. Who apparently found him sitting in front of my boyfriend's door when they finally got there. He kept at it after they left for a while. When he finally gave up after over two hours, he stole my partner's doormat on his way back inside. Why this man never once in three years spoke one word to my boyfriend or his roommate about the door noise? If it was bothering him, I have no idea. But after his psychotic behavior, I had no sympathy left for him. TLDR, he was a jerk. Betty Revenge, armed with only one piece of information about this guy, his address, I managed to track down his name. I signed him up for every free snail mail subscription I could find, including as many adult content magazines as possible. I sent him hundreds of free government pamphlets about alcohol abuse, STDs, and forest fires. I sent him a load of recovery program brochures. I requested a visit from the Jehovah's Witnesses on his behalf. I anonymously sent him a trophy shaped like a giant you-know-what, inscribed with number one you-know-what head. I refrained from setting a glitter bomb only because I want him to keep opening his mail, just in case I can think of anything else to do. This absolute troglodyte of a person doesn't even know our names, let alone where my boyfriend moved or where I live, so even if he suspects my boyfriend, there's nothing he can do. Finally, to put a cherry on the petty Sunday, I stole his doormat on our last visit to the apartment. I only wish I could be a fly on the wall when he starts putting it together. I'm just imagining OP like sets aside their afternoon and they're like, okay, we're just gonna look up every service and resource we can find and just ruin this guy's mailbox. I don't know if this is the kind of place that has like a group mailbox or if you have to like pick it up at the office, but just imagine this guy walks in there and they have like a box just full of mail. It would be great if on the top there was the STD letter on there. Our next story is short and sweet. So I, 19 year old male, work in the meat department of a natural market. Today I had a customer come in while I was stocking the self-serve case. My other guys were busy so I asked if she needed help. She said no, I need a professional opinion in a rude tone. I just kind of shrugged and let it go and called another guy over. A few minutes later, she came over and asked if I knew where the pasta sauce was. I said no ma'am, I work in the meat department, not grocery. The look she had on her face, I'm not sure if I can physically describe it, but it was pure bliss for me. If I were OP and I wasn't afraid of getting in any kind of trouble, I would say, oh, I work in the meat department. If you want a professional opinion, it's going to cost you because my professional consulting, some top-notch stuff. Our next story is, someday my boss will stop screwing with me because she always ends up way more screwed than me. I fell down my stairs Thursday morning, less than two hours before I was to be at work. I work at my local gas station making pizzas and other food items. 
I couldn't find my own replacement, so I went to work. I bruised my ribs quite badly. I was 9 minutes late clocking in, and I told my boss right away what happened and I was moving kinda slow. Friday, I clocked in 6 minutes late because the registers were being used and I couldn't clock in right away. I told them I have to leave for a doctor's appointment after 4 hours, as it's the only time I can be seen before the weekend, which I also work. Thanks to the medication the doctor gave me, I fell asleep after sending kids to school and woke up 5 minutes before I was supposed to be at work. I immediately messaged both the manager and the kitchen person in duty for the next hour that I was running late, and will be there before she leaves at 11, which I was. Monday, I get written up for being late and leaving early. Now the doctor didn't just give me medication, he wanted to give me a work release for the weekend, as well as Monday and today, our truck day, but I told him no because I didn't want to screw my teammates and my boss over because it's Mother's Day weekend, and I'm a mother, I could have gotten it off. So today, after I get off my two hour early morning shift of putting frozen crap away with still bruised painful ribs, I go to the doctor again and say, I guess I should have taken your note doc, I got written up for being late the days of my known injury, sure would be nice to have an even longer note now, say till next Monday maybe? That's how I got a week off work, and the best part is this is my exact message. Hey boss, as you know I fell down my steps on Thursday, May 11th. When I went to the doctor on Friday, May 12th, he tried to give me a doctor's note off work, but I told him if he gave me one, I wouldn't turn it in because I wasn't leaving my team high and dry, and that would screw my boss over, being Mother's Day weekend and all. Well, when I went back to him today, I told him I should have taken that note because I got written up for my tardiness due to my injury. He told me I'm not healing very fast due to working, so if I didn't take this one, he was bringing it to you himself. I wanted to give it to you ASAP as I'm not getting back to town for a while. I'll bring the physical copy in when I get back home. This is the third time they've tried to screw with me, and I maliciously complianced or just petty revenge their butts way deeper into the dirt than they knocked my butt into. I wonder when they'll learn to just leave me be and let me work. The quick and easy thing most people would probably jump to and say is find another job, get out of there. Unfortunately, OP said in the comments, it's pretty much like one of the only jobs in their location. They live kind of far away from a lot of things. Sucks, but you're in a situation where you just can't be too choosy. Our next story is Hanky Code. My first office job out of college was working as a visual merchandiser slash graphic designer at a big iconic store in downtown New York City. Don't want to say, it's an iconic store any New Yorker would recognize. It was such a fun job. I loved everything about it except my terrible salary and my supremely jerky young boss. He was the worst. He was young, tried so hard to be cool, a total poser. Wearing band t-shirts of bands he didn't listen to but thought were cool, wore glasses without prescription, pretended to know everything about fine whiskey, incorrectly correcting people's pronunciation, saying jiff instead of gif, always mentioning the trendy barber slash hair salon he would go to to get a haircut. This was 2014 and he was a jerk. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. He got a pair of Google glasses and wore them constantly for a while. He also always had a red paisley hanky folded neatly into a triangle, hanging out the back pocket of his jeans. Clearly, he didn't know what the hanky code was, the signal gay guys used in the 1970s to 80s to signal what they were into. Hanky and left pocket meant you were a top, right pocket you're a bottom. Color of hanky communicates what act you're into. He just thought it looked cool. He went around like this for more than a year, totally oblivious, and I never told him about the hanky code. I'm a good illustrator. I did many graphics for the website and email campaigns, in-store signs and window displays using my own illustrations. On my last day, I made a little card for him and left it in his desk drawer for him to find later. I drew a couple of men's butts and jeans with hankies in different colors, and in the card just wrote, Google hanky code. I wish I could have seen his reaction when he found it. So although reading the story reminded me that this does exist, I don't think if I was going around in person and looked around and saw somebody having a hanky in their back pocket, I would have been reminded of the hanky code. Do people still actually do that? Like maybe they do it in hubs where like you would expect to be caught by somebody that's looking for that? Like if you went to like a gay club or something? But like do people just casually go around doing that? Our next story is puncture my tire? I moved into my new house a few years ago. The people living right beside my house are a bunch of two-faced, envious cowards. Everything I added to my house that they saw, they would try to one-up. Garden, lighting, gazebo, even my washer and dryer. Every time I got something new, they'd get something similar the very next week. Well, I got a bit of extra income last year and bought myself my dream car. It was expensive, but worth it. The neighbors couldn't match it. Instead, they punctured one of its tires. How do I know? I overheard them talking about it, so I checked my CCTV footage. One of them crawled under the gate of my property and nail-gunned one of my car's tires. I saved the footage, but blood went to my head. I decided to get back at them. They have a dirt road for a driveway, and they own a food catering business. I soaked a bunch of nails in Coca-Cola and then brake fluid to make them rust in a short time, scattered them all over their driveway and watched as their delivery vehicles go up and down the road. All their vehicle's tires were punctured by multiple nails per tire, and their business was interrupted. At the same time, I reported them to the cops with the footage I saved. They were charged with malicious destruction of property. I mean, I just hope that OP went about it in a way that they couldn't get caught on a CCTV camera recording their yard or their driveway or whatever. 
I guess OP just basically tried to make sure that their revenge got done so that it didn't look too suspicious if it happened after they called the cops. Our next story is, boss didn't approve my time off. I'm a single mom of a two-year-old. We currently live with my parents because I found out I was pregnant less than a month before the lockdown started. I don't have my license yet, work in progress, so my parents are our only mode of transportation. They bought plane tickets to go out of state for my cousin's graduation from June 2nd to 5th. I wasn't able to get tickets for me and my daughter because I couldn't afford it. Well, I asked my boss for those days off on May 12th so there was plenty of notice, but she refused because it wasn't my vacation and there are Ubers with car seats. For context, I work at a preschool and she goes there with half tuition. I'm not comfortable putting my daughter in a stranger's car no matter who they are or how safe it is. My boss told me if I didn't set up transportation, then I would be written up for a no-call, no-show. Cue petty revenge. I told my parents how upset I was about this because I couldn't find a single solution that would appease my boss without sacrificing my boundaries and potentially putting my daughter in danger. So they bought us plane tickets, on the condition that I pay them back with a little from each paycheck. I can't wait to tell my boss and show her the flight confirmation when she comes back to work tomorrow. Apparently OP added an update, and apparently the boss just told OP to enjoy the trip. There wasn't even like any bad feelings. Although I did see some suggestions that said get some fully refundable tickets, get the time off approved, and then just refund them. That'd be pretty darn smart. Our next story is, follow my wife home? Okay, I'll freak you out a bit. Revenge is a dish best served cold, right? Well, this dish has been chilling for years. At least a year ago, my wife honked at someone that was in the inner turn lane. My wife was in the outer turn lane. This person failed to maintain their lane and almost hit my wife while they completed their turn. The driver was pissed that she honked and proceeded to follow my wife home. I have dash cam footage if anyone wants it and got their plate. It turns out they live in a complex across from us. I found out where they live too. However, in the interest of not crapping where one eats, I held off from egging their place to heck. A few months ago, they moved away. I was happy to see them leave. Yesterday, I see a car weaving in and out of lanes behind me. They end up slightly in front of me and it's the same jerk. Surprise, surprise, right? I guess they didn't move too far or were in the area. I get behind them since I had a turn coming up. I gestured to my dash cam while I was behind them and shook my finger at them. I wanted to mess with them a bit. When they had to turn, I decided I could take a slightly different route to my destination. Jerk must have thought I was following them because they dived into the nearest driveway for an office complex. Were they going to work? Sure, maybe. However, it's a tech company's parking lot. I don't think most people that work there work on Sundays. It could just be a coincidence, but I'd like to think they panicked. Was this revenge? I'll let you guys be the judge of that. In a situation where you know somebody's following you, you definitely don't want to actually go back home. If anything, circle around for a while, and if that's not working, just go straight to like the nearest police station. Or someplace that's just super public and they're not going to be able to try anything. Shoot, go to the nearest hospital and walk into the emergency room entrance. Our next story is, the time I made a condescending co-worker question her sanity. Back in the fall of 2018, I scored a seasonal gig as a production assistant for a weeks-long art festival in the Midwest. I loved the other production assistants I worked with. 
We were a pretty motley crew in terms of age and interests, but somehow hit it off really well as a group. Even upper management was awesome, so we had a lot of fun together. Suffice to say, I loved my co-workers. All but one. Let's call her Condescending Connie. At our morning stand-ups, Condescending Connie managed to take credit for everything that got done the day before, despite not having lifted a finger to help us. She even managed to aim subtle put-downs to the person who actually did the work without her help, implying that we were the ones who sat on our butts. She never outright said this though. She was careful to toe the line short of saying outright lies we could call her out on. But of course, this didn't sit right with me. So one of my tasks as a production assistant was stocking and tagging merchandise for the arts festival's gift shop. Just after I finished using the tagging gun to price some t-shirts, condescending Connie threw her jacket behind the shop counter, ignoring my hello, and walked back out again. I don't know what synapses fired in my brain to give me this idea, but I picked up her jacket and took out the pricing gun to punch a price tag fastener through the clothing label. You know, one of those little pieces of plastic that get left behind on the label when you try to rip the price tag off by hand. I don't know what I was thinking, but I gave her jacket away, a little happier knowing it might be a mildly irritating inconvenience. Wouldn't you know it, a few weeks later, I was again tasked with pricing new hats and shirts and such, and noticed that condescending Connie had left her jacket behind. She had apparently removed the little plastic nib I left earlier, so I took the liberty of punching a new one in. This continued over the course of my seasonal job. Every two to six weeks or so, I would sporadically punch a little price tag fastener through the hats and scarves and jackets she left behind the counter. Because condescending Connie had never actually seen anyone use the pricing gun, and because it's such a minor little thing to happen over the course of multiple articles of clothing over months of time, it never seemed to occur to her that someone was doing this behind her back. I'm pretty sure she legitimately questioned her sanity by the end, wondering if she could trust her clear-as-day memories of cutting the plastic tag piece away, only to find it intact days or weeks later. One afternoon in the lunchroom, I overheard condescending Connie talking to someone on the phone and actually saying something to the effect of, I think I'm losing my mind. That made me feel guilty enough that I decided to address her later and own up to my prank. But as soon as she ended the call, I heard her raise her voice with an elderly volunteer for setting some pamphlets down in the wrong area. So needless to say, I kept going. Even when she moved her jacket and bags and such to different hiding spots, I always found ways to smuggle in the price gun and punch in another tag fastener. I regret nothing. So initially reading the story, I thought OP was saying they're putting a price tag on her jacket, like they were just gonna sell it next to some t-shirts, like hope somebody comes by and is like, oh that's weird, okay I'll buy that, before condescending Connie gets back. Our next story is Sears Home Warranty. I'll start by saying the business model appears to be one of denying functional service and ultimately wearing the customer down. I made the poor and expensive choice of purchasing the Sears home warranty. To my surprise, the dishwasher died and I had to use the warranty. My time is valuable. Time is also money for them. One, took two weeks to set up an appointment. They delivered a valve to repair what they believed to be faulty. Then their appointment time was a whole eight hour block. It sucks to use vacation time on something like this. 2. Tech shows up with an hour's warning. Turns out corporate guessed wrong and sent the wrong part. 
3, second 8 hour time block, they confirm 8 to 5, and then 30 seconds later say a tech is on the way at the time. I specifically said I would be out. Father-in-law to the rescue. 4, third 8 hour block for an appointment, we're now 5 weeks in. Tech again gives 30 minute warning specifically for the only time I was not available. Father-in-law to the rescue again. 5, part does not fit, I learned this by phone. I parked the tech in on my return. To his credit, he's on with management stating, we no longer make the parts, we need to replace it. He states I'll get a call in one to two days to set this up. After 30 minutes of dog walking and other house matters, oh crap, you need me to move my car, my bad. 6. It's been a week. No call back, no check, no correspondence, no dishwasher. Apparently there may be a choice between dishwasher or check. 7. I spent an hour with two different chat people who admitted they cannot help. They provide a number that has been redialed about precisely 34 times so far. FYI, this is the same number you need to call to cancel your automatic renewing warranty. 8. I think I'm going to start scheduling service calls and canceling when the tech arrives. They've taken 28 hours of my time and fixed nothing. Time is money. I think I'll pursue their time. And after 45 missed appointments, request a check. Avoid Sears. The brick and mortar went out of business for a reason. I think this is just more of an advertisement against giving your money to these warranty things. I think you always kind of get run through the mud in most situations. I mean, some programs and some companies are good with their warranties, but there are a lot of them like Sears where they're just going to run the clock out and try to make it as arduous as possible. This next story is double park and find out. I use a garage parking facility daily to go into the office. We have limited spots available on certain floors in the garage, unassigned. Now I'm not someone that has road rage or anything. Cut me off? No problem. Suspect you're in a rush. Little old person driving 20 below the speed limit? No sweat, we ain't going anywhere fast. But when space is already limited in tight stalls as it is and your back tire is over the line, or you have fully DP2 stalls? Well, bend over, cancel my meetings, I'm here to do you dirty. PG approach. For example, if you're only being a runt, making it nearly impossible for the average person to use the next stall, I have no problem squeezing in, assuming your driver's side is towards me. And by squeezing in, I mean leaving a two-finger gap between our cars. See, my car's a piece of crap, bunch of dents, scratches, whatever, and I'll fully lay the seat down and crawl out the back if need be to box you. Rating 14 plus, but if you double parked, well I have a special gift for you. Important to note here is that it's stinking hot all the time. Just so happens I carry duct tape in my car and an old melty gummy roll of duct tape. And in these moments of fury, I reach for the duct tape cut a long, thin strip, and peel back the weather stripping against the driver's side window of your car. Using a pencil, I poke in the duct tape and press it into the window. It's not something you'd notice when you get in immediately, only when you go to roll up and down the window. Eventually, when you finally peel off the duct tape, the hot, gummy, sticky adhesive will have gotten stuck to the weather stripping too. So every time you roll down your window and roll it back up, a sticky snail trail will be there, haunting you for being a double park jerk. I mean, most people just kind of like curse or vent about it online or through text to a friend or something. 
Maybe take a picture, put it on your story. Nah, OP's got a whole plan and a half ready. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.